Welcome back to another episode of the Crispy Cast. I'm your co-host, the devilishly handsome Christopher Bernard, and I'm here with our co-star, who uh, somehow gets better looking every time he looks in the mirror, Jody Cameron. And today's episode is on Iroh Fong, I think his last name is. That could be completely wrong. We're going to go with Iroh, good old Uncle Iroh, the uh, Fire Lord's brother from The Last Airbender. Oh yes, not to be confused with the Blue Avatar people. That's right, there was a lawsuit. I did Almost a lawsuit. Really? Yes, there was. The, so the the show was in development at the same time as the movie. And basically, that movie came out and they were like, you can't call it. Because it was going to be called Avatar. Right. Which makes sense. So they had to change it and they made it to Aang, the last Avatar. Sure. And uh, I always just try to remember that it's the little little bald kid. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's Caillou with some face paint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, would Caillou ever make a bad action hero? <laughs> you just whine his way around. But enough about uh, I, uh, about uh, Aang and Caillou being cousins. Uh, Iroh being our man of the hour, our topic of discussion today, uh, the greatest, possibly the greatest TV... Oh, I can't even finish that sentence. The greatest TV uncle is actually Philip Banks. <laughs> uh, we'll go with the greatest Fire Lord uncle, uh, Iroh. His story, when you meet him, actually, he's just a soft-spoken old man who loves tea so much. And he's trying to help his grandson, or that's his uncle, his nephew, uh, what's his name, Zuko, get back into the good graces of his brother, which is... Uh, Zuko's father, Fire Lord Zula, Fire Lord Zula. That might be the sister. There are a lot of Fire Lords. Anyway, the Fire Lord, the big bad of the the that show's arc. Anyway, Iroh is trying to teach Zuko not to be so angry and to let go of this obsession with finding the Avatar, the only so-called. Uh, I don't know if you'd call him champion of the people that could shake the grip the Fire Lord has on the world. The first word you use is uncle. He's he is he's like that uncle archetype. He's everybody's uncle, right? He's he's not just going to share wisdom with a nephew. Everyone's going to get the wisdom of this guy. It's what he does. He's like a Wilford Brimley with the diabetes. Like he, he's, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna set you straight. But he's also a, a powerful warrior. But here's the thing, right? Like, the archetype of fire is always aggressive and hot-tempered, and and uh, he's not that. He, he, he bucks the trend. He, but it's after only maybe a lifetime of, of consideration and experience that he's become so completely kind of more of a zen fire, right? He's wise and tempered and thoughtful, and he likes his tea, right? So he, he really is a very different character than, than most of the, the fire elemental affinity types, right? I feel like he's got a more nurturing and uh, considered way. Would you say he's more Obi-Wan or Gandalf? Is he a Hagrid? It's kind of even hard to put him in that same boat because he got Zen after being consumed by the power that comes with being a firebender. Yes. Especially being related to royalty. He was a general in his brother's army. 
They call I think they call him like the Dragon of the East or something like that. Oh, the Dragon of the West because the, he purportedly defeated it. Yeah, like by not by himself. He had troops, but he was so powerful that they said he was pretty much basically a walking dragon. Now the the hidden Easter egg there is the twist is he did not kill that dragon. He spared it to to keep the lineage right. So that's like at the heart of him. See on, on the exterior, he is he is the like the the the, the unquenchable flame. But inside, he is this this other thing. There's a there's a temperance. He has a real respect for the other elements, for the balance of, of the whole of nature. So he's also one who uh, is maybe a even a better wielder of fire because he's got this kind of like consideration of of the importance of even like air on fire. They, they you cannot have fire without without air. And he does he not come up with some kind of a lightning deflection move? Oh, so there's a few people that can redirect lightning? Yes. So I don't think he can actually... Is that something he was ever capable of? Uh, well, I, I know he's redirected it. Like, some people can... You can hold it, and you're not supposed to hold it in. Sure. Because it will kill you. Right. But he's able to catch it and then redistribute it that, out. That's pretty wild. Which I like how, like, most of... Just in the Avatar universe, like, every bender... Out of all four elements, they all have this little sub ability. Sure. Which, like, lightning and fire have, like, no correlation whatsoever. Right. They're just like, we bought to explode. <laughs> well, there are, like, if you need to cut your elemental tree in half between light and dark, you could potentially say that wind, fire, and lightning are all kind of a, a like, a lighter element. You could, you could put them together and you could put stone and... I don't know, ice and uh, water in kind of a dark category. So I see why... I feel like lightning's a good subclass for your fire, dude. Uh, I like it. I'm digging it. And for the people that don't know, Earth has magma bending. They can just straight up bend lava. So, like, that, what an amazing combination of, like, fire and Earth, right? Earth has steel bending. Water, everyone would be like, oh, it must be ice. Ice is a regular thing mm-hmm. for them. I guess they kind of have, like, a trio. Sure. Uh, they can, uh, odd one can learn to bloodbend. What in the devil is that? You can only do it on full moons, except for this one guy in the spinoff show. He was able to bloodbend without a full moon, <laughs> which means he can literally control you like a puppet. Because oh, he, he can move the fluid in your body. no. And he, yeah, like, it was very dangerous. terrifying. And anyway, Iroh has such a, like, after the death of his son, while he was a general, uh, he stepped away to find himself, and he traveled, and he learned about the other elements like he actually in the show when you're watching I think you learn that he actually does know a lot of the stances for water earth and air and he's actually I think added it to his his style so it's like he'll throw in techniques and it throws them off and it's because he's become adaptable and that's where he's found his zen but even though he's not an avatar he can't use all four elements he's I think he's mastered their techniques which has allowed him to live with the burden of his son's death and so he doesn't want his uh, nephew to suffer the same fate as his son by getting too angry and letting the flames snuff themselves out Yes. so he's trying to bestow all this wisdom and greatness upon his nephew to kind of I think live in like a in like a I don't know like a rebirth effect of his son sure he's definitely about like he's got this whole balance justice peace thing right like so the idea that he he did lose his son really it it makes him in a way a Joel character where he wants to reclaim that kind of position and and 
he becomes a mentor to probably everyone he meets. But it's is it Zuko? What's his name? It's, yeah, his nephew. Yeah, he's he's the one who maybe benefits most. Aang as well. Uh, Aang's had a couple tough. Her his his uh, visually impaired uh, companion actually got some wise words. She's like, "I met this fun old man in the woods." Mm-hmm. And then later on, she goes, wait, it was you. And he goes, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so even, even a, rel- a stranger, he might he might give some dope science, drop the yeah, knowledge he, on him. He bestows wisdom on everybody. Um, very, very few times you get to see a fraction of his just like old way or his capability. Like, for instance, his nephew has a quarrel with the captain of the ship. Okay. So they, they, they have a, a battle. He goes, Zuko, you're better than this guy. You can beat him. You just gotta calm down. And he does, and he does beat him. And then the second he turns his back, uh, the captain goes to do like a fire attack on him, and he catches him with two fingers. And he's like, You really want to press this matter? He's like, You don't have to deal with my nephew. You can deal with me. And then you're like, Oh man, because he's like, you know, he's got the the gut on him. He looks like a washed up husband. And as the story progresses, and he uh, decides that. Once he get once he knows that Zuko's on a on a better path, he decides his brother needs to be stopped, mm-hmm. and he gets captured by the Fire Nation, and he's sitting in a prison cell. Well, yes, so he's actually branded a traitor and incarcerated, isn't he? Yes, because I think he helps the Avatar escape or something, and mm-hmm. then they then they imprison him, but they don't they think that he is like this old crazy lunatic old man that used to be great. And then they they leave him, and he like you know he even eats savagely, like like he's lost his mind, like like he's gone feral. He's blah, blah, blah. and then they leave the room. He brushes his face off, and then he jumps up and starts doing chin ups on the bars. He puts a pad underneath to make it look like the gut. And he drops it, and he's like shredded. He starts doing this breathing, and then you see the smoldering smoke coming out of his out of his face, for, like as the that fire that they think is snuffed out. He's stoking it. Amazing. On one-on-one combat, he's a force to be reckoned with. He's a great strategist, but he's also like a clever tactician. Like, so smart to throw the enemy off guard that way. At one point, goes to the spirit realm, doesn't he? As well, does he not look for his son in the, in the land of the dead? I think I he think has. He does all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, his adventure is one that, it seems to span the whole scape of this thing, right? Like, there's a hundred years war, and is he there the whole time? Like, <laughs> totally amazing. Well, he runs a secret organization called the White Lotus. That's right. And I love it, because they find their players by this, like... I don't know if it's, like, what, what they called the game. It's kind of like Crokino. Oh, it's got a it's a two-word name. Pie Show? No. So the White Lotus is a tile piece. And basically, they they use that piece to identify... Or to recruit people. And they have people not just in the Fire Nation, but in the Earth Kingdom, you know, the Water Tribes, the Air Temple. Oh, the game is called Pai Show? Yeah, Pai Show. And it's actually a game that is specific to Avatar, but apparently people play it now, I think. That game comes up over and over, doesn't it? It's, it's very important. I know that there's always time for that in tea, is what he says. Is that right? Because uh, you get to kind of see, like, before he decides to take on his brother and you know life's going to get hard. Yes. Uh, him and Zuko change their identities because they decide to stop chasing the Avatar, but they can't go home. So they open up a tea shop yeah. in Ba Sing Se, right. the Earth capital. Oh, nice! And they're telling everyone that they're that they don't they're not benders; they're just people. And then somebody's kind of got it out for them, and he's like, you know, heats his tea with with a little fire breath, and they're like, Uncle, you can't do that. He goes, 
I'm not going to drink cold tea. And they're like, we could go to jail. Right. We're most wanted. That's amazing. And he's like, but I have the best tea shop in the capital. Everything I've ever wanted. Like, they literally go from, you know, Zuko's following father's footsteps, good graces. They fall off that for a bit. Zuko goes rogue. Because they're both then wanted by the Fire Lord. As and, traitors, yeah. And by the rest of the world. Because, you know, you get an old general and the king's, uh, you know, shoot-off son. Well, that's his brother, is it not? The Fire Lord. Yeah, the Fire Lord. And, and so, I mean, rightfully, it should have been Iroh, because he's the elder brother. But instead, the dying wish of his father is that his, his more aggressive and kind of hard-hearted brother would, would inherit the title. And he was really upset about that at first. But then he decides that, you know what, it's a blessing not to have to be that. And that his idea of happiness is very different from being the Fire Lord, but rather to retire and run a tea shop is the ultimate goal, right? So he's branded a traitor, but I think his loyalty is still there, right? Uh, Uncle Iroh gets captured to let Zuko escape. Oh, I see. And then purposely tries to like put a separation on them. Because he has to... F- I think that's when he has to find the Avatar. Again. <laughs> uh, to, uh, to kind of... Because Aang's kind of had like a defeated state. Because Aang goes through, goes through quite a bit of it. Can you imagine that? You're like a 13-year-old kid or whatever. You wake up and you're like, oh, I've been frozen for 100 years. War must be over. They're like, nope. It's worse. The Nazis won. <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it would have been very interesting to see it from a different perspective. Like, if it would have stayed with Iroh and Zuko. Because obviously, for the most part, it's the Avatar and his little band of misfits. Right. And, uh, you know, Aang needs to learn all the elements. And then finally, when he gets to fire, Zuko uh, Zuko must be the one that uh, trains him. And they both go learn under dragons. Right. And uh, because they always said that Iroh was the dragon slayer and all this yada yada. And then they go, oh, wait, no, actually, me and your uncle, we tight. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's just a lot to learn from that guy. Because on his journey and he's trying to, you know, redeem himself. He helps everyone along the way. Like, everybody. Doesn't matter if it's a small thing, a little thing. Like, we should abandon these people for ourselves. He goes, why would we do that? Right, so he's the opposite of a Joel Miller. He's completely sure that humanity will prevail. Where Joel's case is that humanity has failed. And it'll be the stronger will will survive. Every man for himself. Iroh is the type of character that I think every hero needs to have in their band of merry men you know your your friar tuck your wilford brimley but maybe more a little john right because little john could hold his own eat a stick knock you right off a log with that thing he could even if you were robin hood so it's like your obi-wans and your gandalfs and your you know these are characters who are not the jedi they're not the avatar right they're not King Arthur, the Chosen One. In fact, he, in his own kingdom, was not the Chosen One, right? But he's like, no, there's a far greater significance in what I do. And and there's a value in living that peaceful life. You know, like a Samwise Gamgee, right? He's like, I'm here to make sure the hero heroes, and at the end of the day, I just want my brew and a place to put my feet up, right? I can't remember if he, if he passes in the show. He chooses death, doesn't he? He chooses to go to the spirit realm and serve tea to ghosts. Yeah. I'm sure he's just like, he's so zen. He's just like, the next next spot, more tea. 
Yeah, well, like, Iroh should not have left Zuko's side. <laughs> well, because once Zuko becomes the Fire Lord. Yes. So now instead of thinking for what he needs, he needs to think of the people. You know, we should be doing this. This is for the Fire Lords. They're the Fire Nation. And, he, and Aang's like, I'm not for the Fire Nation. I'm for everybody. And he goes, well, I'm in the Fire Nation's best interest. And he goes, you're making a mistake. Right. And then they go back on opposing sides. So he's missing that balance, that that kind of like tempered and considered uh, holistic look that, that Iroh brought. Maybe he could change his mind. He, he probably learned a great deal from him, but his true nature is still who he is, right? Well, he's, he's his father's son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat DNA. Yeah. Like, they definitely both benefited, mm -hmm. but I think Iroh needed to see Zuko, get, make sure he was ready, mm -hmm. because his son wasn't able to be ready, and then he lost his life putting that permanent scar on Iroh. So I think helping Zuko helped him fully, you know, I don't want to say forgive, but, like, move on or move past. Iroh feels like he deserves his own, like, show. For sure. I don't know if I would give Iroh his own show. No, not even in the spirit world or something? Like, just... Well, I was thinking, like, I could, I would definitely be okay with, like, uh, with a reoccurrence. Like, it's just, it's hard to say because we don't need to see him in his becoming of the, like, his angry side. Sure. You know what I mean? We, it, like, you know what he was. Like, you know he was angry and aggressive, blah, blah, blah. It'd be cool to see, but it's not necessary. And I think we've seen enough on the side before his going out to the spirit realm that if they just were like this took place during the avatar show sure it would be uh distasteful and then i don't think there's enough for him in the spirit world like i think if they did a spirit realm thing it would just be like making tea with uncle iroh you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like i think it, i think it'd be like a little short oh i don't, that would I don't be fun. think i don't think it could be its own show or so like or a, a movie but if, troy and abed in the morning yeah you like, could do it at the end of the avatar show. yeah like because they're doing there is a third show coming yes and I don't know if it's going to be an Earthbender avatar lead this time. I can't remember who the next line of the cycle. So there was, was The Legend of Korra a show? Yes. Yeah, and it was also a game that wasn't fantastic, I think. But I remember that. So this will be the third, then. This will it... be the third. That's what the rumor is. Uh -huh. And it's supposed to be, I believe it's supposed to be the Earthbender's turn. Oh. Because like, it, it goes through the different... Sure. So, like, Aang was... So, yeah. So I went from the airs to the water... And then I think it's supposed to be Earth next. And it's a man again, I think. Legend of Korra wasn't bad. It was good, but I think the only reason why it wasn't fantastic was it was a... Uh, they tried to do Aang in reverse. Oh. Aang had air and had to get the rest. Yes. She had everything, but just had to figure out how to get air. <laughs> she just couldn't do it. Just... <laughs> but it also took place in a different time period, right? Okay. Because Aang had died of old age. Like in this one, they have like, they have like mechanics... Like tanks, and, oh okay, uh, and like you know the metal benders are a full police force with like metal grapple hooks. Oh wow, that's cool! Um, so there's a whole technological advancement. Yeah, like they're in like a steampunky phase. Weird, I like it. That it was cool. it was good. It was just a, uh, it was just different. Yeah. So likewise, who knows where the the series will be in its third incarnation? Anything goes. I don't know. It'd be cool if they released a string of shorts of the different airbenders yeah like that the different avatars because in the show you get like a sliver of a few and some of them were really cool yeah right and other ones where you're like what <laughs> i want to see more of that <laughs> um i don't know i think i'm ready to rate iroh 
I will say he is the number one animated uncle. I'll give him that. Second being Jackie Chan's uncle in Jackie Chan's Adventures. That's a great show. I'd probably have to give a 10 out of 10 because he's he's the perfect redemption arc. Like, he, he finally got back up, he succeeded, and then he came to peace with everything. Usually, in a redemption arc, they either die along the way or they achieve it and then they make another mistake. Like, there's just... It was perfect. He had it all. He lost it all. He didn't want some great thing back. He just wanted peace. So instead of pushing everyone else's uh, agendas aside to achieve his own to get redemption, he didn't go to the Fire Lord's front door and just beat him to get redemption for his family. No. He provided counsel and wisdom to people that he felt are better suited for the job or be- maybe better in a headspace, and he he let them showed them the way, so he could find the peace he needed, knowing that he put more people that could be more capable than him to fix uh, some of the sorrows he left ensued, and he helped as many people as he could along the way. He touched, I think he helped more people than he hurt, and I think that set him free. It's amazing. I love him. I give him four Gandalfs out of five Hagrids. No. He's more of a Obi-Wan, I think. He's more of a guide. I think he's deserving of his own show. If even just a ghost short at the end. I'll take it. Now, as you, everyone knows, I'm Christopher Bernard of Crispy Comics, Legend of Creature. And you can find me on my social medias, which is Instagram Facebook are the main ones, which is Crispy Comics, which is K-R-I-S dot B-Comics. We also have a potential website in development, so you might want to stay tuned for that. And I have some shout-outs. First things first, I'd like to shout out my man, Eddie Fox. Follows Instagram. He's a graphic designer. And like all graphic designers, he likes to work. We have a commenter. Commenter JJ Sunnyvale says, Wicked, kept me entertained, loved it while I was listening at work. Some fair points. Well, thank you very much. Keep listening out there. We are at a five-star rated uh, Apple podcast, but you can find us on Spotify. Directly at the ACAST feed, all the places. We're, on, we're basically everywhere. We're on Audible, it's wild. <laughs> Ta-ta for now.